Chapter 33 Lake Hylia The harsh clap of hooves on the stone portal echoed through the forest glade as Link, holding Epona's reins, prepared her to travel. He was feeling increasingly uneasy about the task ahead of him. It was meant to be a quick and simple journey to Lake Hylia. Find the medallion, awaken the sage, break the curse on Lake Hylia, and then return to the forest. Sheik, however, had other plans. She wanted him to go to the Desert Colossus once they broke the curse that was fouling Lake Hylia. According to Navi, the Desert Colossus, dedicated to the Gerudo goddess of war, was one of the most sacred temples of the Gerudo people. Getting there would mean a three-day journey into the desert. Why there? he'd ask, aghast that Sheik would even consider sending him into Gerudo territory. You want to free the other Kokiri, don't you? Of course. Then this may be the quickest way before Ganondorf decides to harm them in retribution for your actions. Impa's spies believe the source of the Gerudo curse is inside that temple. Destroying it will make the Gerudo see reason. You think they will rebel? Nabi asked. Yes, it is a victory we desperately need. And the Sage of Spirit is amongst their number. Impa is sending a small company from the Queen's Banner to Lake Hylia. They will meet you there by tomorrow. From there, they can get you into the Gerudo homeland. Traveling into the heart of Gerudo territory? The plan was insane. He shook his head, reminding himself that he had to focus on Lake Hylia first. I will join you if I can. Impa is certain we will be able to retrieve the ocarina soon, Sheik said, stopping beside the dais while Link led Epona onto the thick stone slab. Good luck, both of you. She gave Rudo a subtle nod, showing no indication that she was annoyed after their near spat. And to you, Sheik, Rudo said, inclining her head before turning away and taking her place beside Link. Rudo took her place beside Link and began playing the harp. Her Zora entourage, 20 Zora clad in scale armor, dulled from years of use, surrounded them. The Zora stood erect, gripping their spears firmly, ready to stab and gorge any enemies that dared to threaten their queen. The display made Link feel distinctly uneasy. Hadn't Rudo said they weren't in any danger? When he asked this, the Zora general standing by Rudo's side, who Link recognized as Grop, grumbled about never being too careful. Grop, who had previously carried himself with conceited pride, now looked tired and battle-weary. The armor he wore was similar to Link's own, except its beauty was dented and scratched from years of war. The sounds of crickets and chirping birds were drowned out by the portal which hummed with magic in growing intensity as the song reached its climax. Finally, the last note was struck, and the magic erupted into a bright blinding flash of light. It didn't seem to matter how many times he did this, Link could not get used to the sensation of being flung halfway across Hyrule. He fought for breath as the force of the warp sucked the air out of his lungs. The world spun in a swirling daze of colors, and dark spots danced across his vision. Even after the bright flash of the portal's transit stopped, he was still sure the world was spinning. If not for his hold on Epona's reins, he would have fallen flat on his face. Despite how dazed he was from the quick transit, the Zora seemed to have fared worse. A few had fallen over, though thankfully not onto their spears. Even Grop looked like he was fighting the urge to be ill. On your feet, all of you, Grop ordered without a hint of concern. Keep yourselves together. I don't care how bad that was. None of the guards objected to his harsh tone. 
As they quickly reorganized themselves, Link took a moment to study his surroundings. The shrine that housed the portal was built from white stone. The gentle bubble of water from a fountain echoed off the walls and cast shimmering shapes on the walls which were encrusted with blue gemstones that emitted a ghostly glow, illuminating the room in a soft radiance. The rest of the Zora, now recovered, gestured in respect towards the statue which glittered in the wan light. It sat cross-legged in a meditative pose with its arms folded upon its lap. Several carvings etched into the white stone walls, depicting herons dancing amongst the reeds. While Zora fished upon a lakeshore with a spear, some with their quarry impaled on the end of their tools. A third relief revealed a line of Zora knelt before a woman who looked similar to the figure depicted by the statue. Each Zora was presenting an offering. Some offered a basket of fish, while the richer Zora, identified by their jewelry, offered precious stones. It must be some kind of deity, Link thought, like the mother goddess. A sudden tug on the reins he was holding alerted him to Epona's discomfort. Her eyes were wide, and she shuffled nervously, a definite sign she was frazzled. Knowing a panicky horse could easily injure himself or someone else, he quickly calmed her. His efforts were rewarded by a rude noise from Epona's rear. Navi pinched her nose, and the Zora guards, now recovered from their journey, muttered angrily. Sacrilege, growled Grop. Take that unruly beast outside before we make an offering of it. You will do no such thing, said Rudo, glaring at Grop. Is everyone all right? When nobody answered in the negatory, Rudo gestured for the guards nearest the door to move. Then she handed Link Sheik's harp, holding it like it was a small child and not daring to imagine what Sheik would do or say if he so much as scratched its frame. He placed the precious instrument in its case, stowing it amidst his gear that Epona now had the misfortune of carrying. Gently, he coaxed Epona to follow, who pulled skittishly on the reins. However, she managed the wide steps out onto the dry mud caked ground easily, and seemed to relax once she could see the sky again. Soon, she had dropped her head to graze on the tufts of grass by her feet, and Link dropped the reins. Here, Link got his first look at the vast lake. Its wide expanse, rimmed by rugged hills and hazardous crags, stretched for miles. He'd never seen a body of water so enormous. It was bigger than Castletown. Far bigger. He doubted he'd be able to walk around it in a day or even two. Just a hundred Zora hold this? Seeing the lake up this close, he wasn't even sure that a thousand Zora would be sufficient to hold it. Was there even an army big enough to surround the entirety of it? Lake Hylia's surface reflected the surrounding hills with perfect clarity upon its glassy surface. He'd half expected it to be brimming with water lilies, like the ponds and streams in the woods, but the massive expanse of blue was unbroken. A heavy and eerie silence weighed over the lake. No birds sang their calls to potential mates, and no dragonflies buzzed by the water. Instead, the suffocating stink of rot rose from the stagnant water. The burned-out remains of what Link guessed had been a fishing village clung to the side of the lake. The charred, broken remains of jetties thrust out into the lake like soup-covered fingers. There were hundreds of boats dotting the shore like wooden skeletons, their hogs rotten and covered in muck. The lake was dead. A small island stood at the heart of the lake, with a statue of the lake's patron deity at its center. The statue appeared identical to the one in the shrine its face staring toward the distant source of the Zora River. 
No fresh water flowed into the lake now. The poisonous green color of the lake fascinated Link, and he approached the lake's edge unsteadily, mesmerized by its sheer size. Rudo had insisted he put on the Zora armor before they left the forest, and although the armor was light and not likely to hinder his swordsmanship, the fins were another matter. They felt completely alien and kept getting in the way when he walked. They were attached snugly onto his boots, strapped on by a belt of leather at the back so they could be easily taken off if need be. It was nice of Rudo to think of such an addition, but in the heat of a fight, Link doubted taking them off would be an easy or quick feat. He glanced down at the water lapping rhythmically upon the shore, gazing at his reflection which stared right back at him. Blue eyes, he thought, not red. He barely noticed Navi fly alongside him. Link, she said quietly, flying closer to him. It's okay, we're safe here. Yeah, Link murmured quietly. You know, Navi, it seems that every time I think we're safe, something bad happens. Navi didn't answer him, but he could tell by her eyes that his words troubled her. Perhaps he was being pessimistic, but it was true. They had been safe in the forest too, right up until Volvagia had turned up and right until he'd come across the mirrors. He was half expecting his reflection to leap out of the water and pull him into the lake's cold depths, his lungs burning for a breath he would never again take. Link? Navi tore him out of his thoughts, startling him so that he stumbled back and landed on his rump. Link, what are you doing? Rudo called. She was standing further up the bank flanked by Grop and several of her guards who were deep in conversation with an unfamiliar Zora. The newcomer bore similar markings on his armor to Grop. I would not be so eager to get in the water if I were you. Biting back a curse at making a fool of himself in front of Ruto and her entourage, Link pushed himself to his feet. He half walked, half stumbled back up the hill towards her. Oh, I hate these flippers, he thought irritably, half in mind to rip them off. As he contemplated the idea, which would certainly have attracted Rudo's ire, he caught the troubled look in the eyes of the other Zora. All thoughts of the flippers fled his mind, even as he struggled to maintain his dignity and not fall over. What is it? he asked, his thoughts jumping to the armies Sheik had mentioned. If they were attacked by a horde of Ganondorf's soldiers, they would be cut off from the shrine and their best chance of getting home safely. Is it Moblins or Gerudo? he asked nervously. No. We still have some time before they arrive, Rudo said. There is a Morpha in the lake. A Morpha? Link asked blankly. He looked at Navi who looked just as puzzled as he was. What's a Morpha? Shapeshifters, Rudo answered, glancing at Navi as if hoping she might explain further. I'm surprised you have not heard of them, Navi. I have, Navi replied coldly, just not by name. Shapeshifters? Like dragons? Such creatures were only talked about beneath the protective shelter of the Great Deku Tree. It was said that Morphos could form a gelatinous liquid while regenerating, making anyone who came across it think that they were just staring at a large puddle of water. We injured it, announced the unfamiliar Zora. Eyeing Link curiously, Link realized belatedly that he bore the stripes of a captain and must be the officer commanding the Zoras holding the lake. Enough that it is probably healing itself as we speak. It ate three of my men before we drove it off. His jaw tightened and his nostrils flared. How many wounded? Rudo asked. Eight. I had them sent to the village. Some of the buildings are still intact and offer ample shelter, the Zora answered, gesturing at the abandoned village before turning back to Rudo. Should I send for more Zora? 
We could use the harp, as loath as I am to use those portals again. Link swallowed nervously. A hundred Zora holding the lake sounded like a dubious task. With the twenty guards that had traveled with them, there were only one hundred and twelve left. The odds were pitching against them. Rudo shook her head. No, there's no time. Have the wounded brought to the shrine. They'll be safer in the forest when we return. With a quick word, two Zora left for the village at a run. How long ago did you last see this Morpha? This morning, the officer answered. Link couldn't help but notice there was something wrong with the Zora's face. Red patches marred his scales, like some kind of rash. Now that he'd seen it, he'd noticed several of the Zora afflicted with the condition. He wondered if the lake water had caused it, and whether it was safe to even go in. All we need is the medallion, Rudo murmured thoughtfully to herself. Someone will need to create a distraction, while the others go and retrieve it. You mean me? Link asked dryly. Not just you, Rudo said with a shiting look. I will send some Zora to help you. A second group can fetch the medallion and flee before the Morpha has recovered. Link, get your mask. We best not linger for long. The sooner we get this over with, the better, one of Grop's officers added. Or we'll be easy pickings for a school of moblins. He paused, realized something, and corrected. Horde of moblins. Quickly, Rudo said quietly to Link. Grab what you need and mind that you don't keep us waiting. Nodding, Link walked back to Epona and rummaged through his bags until he found Rudo's white mask. His trepidation about journeying into the lake increased. Many Zora had died trying to get into the temple, and with a Morpha in the lake, it seemed like making it to the temple alive would be little short of a miracle. He just hoped his unwieldy fins would help him keep up with the Zora in the water, and the mask wouldn't fail him. You know, said Navi when she saw him frown, it's a pity that mask can't turn you into a Zora. That would make things a bit easier. Don't give Ruto any ideas, Link said, cringing at the thought. Ruto would love that. She'd probably start taking the idea of marrying him more seriously. That wasn't a thought Link entertained. It was in that moment that he felt something cold and slimy twist around his ankle. He glanced down to see what looked like a thick tendril of water suspended in mid-air, barely discernible from the mud beneath it. What the? He never got a chance to finish his sentence. Without warning, the odd water-like stream of liquid solidified into a thick jelly-like tentacle, and Link was wrenched violently off his feet, his mask dropping to the ground. Navi's cry of alarm drew concerned shouts from the Zora. Link kept one hand on Epona's reins. She fought back, her teeth bared and legs braced, hooves digging into the ground. Pain burned through Link's shoulder as he found himself the center of a tug of war. Knowing he was about to do himself a serious injury, he tried to kick the tentacle with his one free leg. The creature tugged harder and Link released Epona's reins. The tentacle morphed its shape changing until it resembled a squid's giant tentacle. Trying to break free, Link reached a hand for the sword strapped behind him. Before he could pull his sword from its scabbard, and as if sensing his intentions, another tentacle burst out of the surface of the lake and grabbed his other leg. In desperation, Link scrabbled helplessly at the pebbles, but could not gain purchase. He was hardly aware of the Zora scrambling for their weapons. Several ran towards him, one Zora, armed with little more than a knife, dashed forward and hacked at a third tentacle that crashed out of the lake and raced towards Ruto. The knife cut through it, 
the severed tentacle falling to the ground with a sickening thump. Several of the Zora rushed the two tentacles that were hauling Link bodily into the air. The remaining Zora broke into groups, some rushing to keep Ruto safe, while the rest focused on the Morpha. Link struggled to orientate himself as the tentacles, both still holding him tightly, began lowering him towards the lake's surface. The water was not still now. The surface bubbled and frothed as the mouth of a gargantuan monster emerged. Its cavernous maw opened, exposing rows and rows of sharp teeth that could have ripped Link to ribbons, armor and all. Distantly, he heard Rudo shout for the archers to fire, and Link could only hope that when the archers did loose their arrows, they did not hit him by mistake. He frantically tried to grab the master sword from behind him, before remembering he was still wearing the belt of sages. He could smell the rancid stench of the creature's fishy breath now, and realized the stink was probably from the remains of Zora the creature had devoured that morning. At that thought, an awful tang of bile burnt his throat. Trying to clear his mind by imagining a candle flame was less than easy when he was about to be eaten. But at last, Link managed to focus on the plane of magic. Touching the element of fire, he drew it into him. The energy from the current washed through him, and the creature about to swallow him seemed nothing more than a nuisance. Thinking little of what would happen if he drew too much magic, unskilled and untrained as he was, Link kept channeling and a brilliant stream of fire slammed into the beast's open maw. A bubbling roar of agony erupted from the creature, and its tentacles writhed and thrashed. The water hissed, steam rising from the lake and mingling with the stench of the burnt leviathan. The tentacles holding Link slackened and recoiled, leaving him to fall into the broiling water. The force knocked the air from Link's lungs, and he plunged into the water, which was bitterly cold it was almost impossible to tell which way was up. The mud and detritus kicked up by the Morpha had turned the water into a thick soup. Link spun, desperately trying to orientate himself, knowing that he needed air soon, or else he'd drown. A tentacle appeared out of the gloom, just missing his head as it soared over him. He needed to get out of the water and get away from the creature. A stray arrow floated past Link, and he made a quick dash in the direction it had come from. He was surprised at how quickly he could swim and was suddenly thankful for Rudo's suggestion about wearing the fins. Pale splashes of light appeared through the mud-churned water. He was almost there. The air he desperately needed was mere feet from his head when something grabbed his leg and tugged him downwards. A gurgle of shock erupted from Link's mouth and he stopped himself from taking a breath. Twisting around like a hunted fish, he found one of the tentacles had grabbed his ankle and was making every effort to pull him back to the bitter depths. A thin, streamlined figure shot past him, slashing a razor-sharp fin at the tentacle, which released Link instantly. Another tentacle loomed out of the darkness, snaking towards him. Trying to swim faster, Link made for the surface, his lungs screaming and his head spinning. Again, his rescuer shot past and sliced the questing tentacle in two, before disappearing into the gloom, pursued by another tentacle. Oblivious to the plight of the Zora, Link surged upwards, blind panic settling in as he made a final desperate push. Finally, he broke the surface of the lake, gasping raggedly, his lungs aching as he drew in the precious cool air. He stumbled drunkenly out of the water, his stomach giving a sickening lurch. As his head began to clear, 
Link noticed that several groups of the Zora had fallen back. As they did, more soldiers carrying spears or bows darted forward. Several of Rudo's guards grabbed him and dragged him back to safety, ignoring his hoarse protests as he tried to convince them that he was fine. Once a safe distance away from the Morpha, the Zora dropped him. My dear, are you hurt? Recognizing Rudo's voice, Link peered about his head pounding as he fought off yet another reaction to wielding too much magic. Ruto and Navi were beside him, surrounded by the Zora Queen's guards. I'm fine, Link gasped, the roughness of his voice sounding thoroughly unconvincing. What was that? That was the Morpha, Ruto said. Remembering his rescuer, he scanned the still-churning surface of the lake. Over twenty Zora surrounded the lakeshore, shouting as they hacked tentacles or shoved spears into the Morpha's flesh. He wasn't sure if the Zora who rescued him was among them, and he hoped they were still alive. Link got unsteadily to his feet, and he held a hand to his head as he was overcome by dizziness. <sighs> I shouldn't have tried using magic, he murmured. I don't think there was much choice, Navi offered quietly. The Zora who'd assisted him from the lakeshore were now avoiding Link's eyes. Grop, who stood close to Rudo, eyed Link distrustfully. He realized with a pang that many of them were frightened of him, and he had no difficulty understanding why. After seven years of Ganondorf's rule, the Zora had suffered gravely to mages wielding powers like the one he'd just used. Suddenly, panic shouts rose from the lakeshore, and Link beheld an impossibility, a figure. Darker than a midnight sky stood on the shore, water dripping from its soaked tunic. Dark Link. For an instant, all Link could do was stare in mute horror. Where had he come from? How had he even known they were here? Before the startled Zora could recover from their shock, the shadow darted towards them, its black blade slicing through the nearest Zoras as though its sturdy armor wasn't even there. Within several heartbeats, Pandemonium reigned. The Zora tried to regroup as the dark figure cut down Zora after Zora. One gave a pitiful cry, a hand clasping at his belly in an attempt to stop his gut spilling out. A blade through his neck silenced him. No! Link thought. He couldn't let this happen. That thing was only here because of him. Three more Zora fell, the black blade cutting through them easily. The others started to run, ignoring the thrashing Morpha. A couple of the braver warriors stepped forward to protect the retreating soldiers, shields raised. The Zora around Link cursed, and before Link knew what he was doing, he was reaching for the straps securing his flippers. He undid them, pulling them off. Link, what are you doing? Rudo exclaimed. Link didn't answer. He didn't think about what he was doing. He just knew he had to stop the massacre happening by the lake edge. With little regard for his own safety, Link bellowed, charging forward. Link, no! Navi screamed. He didn't hear her through the blood pounding in his ears. He gathered speed, legs pumping. Dark Link looked up in surprise before his lips curled up into a sneer. Then he attacked. Link's shield barely met the bite of the black blade and he stared into the red eyes of his shadow. Their swords met with a clamor, sacred steel clashing against the profane blade. Again and again they swung, 
dancing back and forth on the bank for what to Link seemed like an eternity. Stirred by the horrific end their friends met, and strengthened by the resolve and ferocity of their Hylian ally, some of the Zora regained their courage and ran back to help. A spear zipped through the air, aimed at Dark Link. The demon sensed it, turning around and sending a blast of fire into the weapon, incinerating it and torching the thrower who fell into the water, screaming in agony. Link leaped forward at the distraction, sword plunging down towards his shadow's back. The demon twirled back around, slamming its shield into Link's head. The agonizing blow knocked him down senseless, and Link stumbled backward. Dazed, it took Link a moment to realize that Dark Link had not made any effort to finish him. Instead, he was running up the slope towards Rudo's guards. Ignoring the rivulets of blood trickling down his face, Link chased the demon. But the shadow had already reached the guards, stabbing his blade deep into the belly of the Zora captain who had commanded the take side defense. In defiance, the captain thrust his spear at the shadow, plunging it towards where his heart should have been. The shadow knocked the thrust aside neatly, grabbing the spear's shaft and wrenching it out of the captain's grasp. Slicing his blade through the gorget before he turned towards Rudo, a small smirk on his lips as if the deaths of her people amused him. One of Ruto's guards dove in between her and the demon. A hurled spear aimed at his chest ended his brave display, and then Dark Link was upon Ruto, gripping the Zora tightly as he brought his sword against her neck. Ruto froze. More Zora raced forward, some with spears, others with bows notched and ready to draw. Let her go, Link said, coming to a halt as the remaining Zora closed in. There were far fewer than 112 now. Dark Link had massacred them. Or what? You'll kill me? The demon sneered, backing towards the shore. Rudo still held tightly in his grip. You don't have it in you. Link froze, the demon's voice chilling him. Besides, the demon continued with a snarl. You can't kill me. What makes you say that? Link shot back. Because I am you, the shadow replied. Though you might destroy my physical form, I will always be with you. They were nearly at the shore now. An arrow whizzed past Link with a sound like an angry hornet, striking the shadow in one of its red eyes. Hold! Grop snarled at the offending archer. You fool! You could have killed her! A kick to the side knocked Rudo to the ground. Dark Link had yanked the arrow out of his eye, which began to heal as they watched. The shadow lashed out at the guards coming to Rudo's aid, unleashing a torrent of flames. The flame struck, incinerating three of them. What unholy abomination is this thing? One of the Zora yelled. Kill it! The Zora had formed a semicircle around the shore, while others waded into the shallows. Some looked furious, others horrified, at what had just happened to their companions. Several archers let their arrows fly. Two caught on Dark Link's shield, while a third nicked his leg. A hiss of annoyance was the only sign that the shadow was remotely injured. Rudo got up to run, but not before the shadow grabbed her again. Seeing the doppelganger was surrounded, Link charged forward, desperate to avoid any more Zora being harmed. Dark Link smirked and hauled Rudo towards the water. Link went rigid, pausing mid-stride, as his shadow placed the blade back against Rudo's neck. A barrier of flame surrounded Dark Link, cutting the Zora off from their queen and causing a clamor of outrage. Leave her out of this, Link demanded. Dark Link tilted his head, as though considering the youth's request. Hmm, 
Maybe I will. The blade bit Rudolph's neck, drawing blood. Maybe I won't. Let her go now, Link said. If it's me you want, then come and get me. But leave them out of this. An anger he had seldom felt since slaying Ganondorf's phantom began to bubble inside of him, raising its ugly head as Link fought to quench it. He knew a blind rage would get him killed now, and probably end up with Rudo dead. Dark Link seemed amused by this, a predatory grin twisting its black face. If you want to see your friend alive, or should I say, your lover, <laughs> Dark Link cocked his head in amusement, smirking, then come and get her. I know you, Link. I am you. You're wrong, Link spat, his hands shaking as he clenched them so tightly they felt numb. Wrong, perhaps, but I am not a puppet of the Shika, unlike you. I guess it's too bad for you that I already have a plan to deal with them. They won't be helping you anymore. Oh, don't look so shocked. Did you honestly think Ganondorf would ignore them? Fear clutched at Link's heart. No. It was lying. Sheik and Impa were safe. In the forest. He had only just left them. There wouldn't have been time for them to leave for Kakariko yet. It's trying to provoke you. He looked over at Navi as his thoughts turned to the Kokiri. They would be in danger if something threatened Sheik and Impa. It's lying, Navi assured him, but her voice was wavering, and Link was not sure he believed her. Link did the only thing he could think of and channeled light, a plume of dazzling light shooting out from in front of him. It barely missed Rudo and struck Dark Link in the face. He crashed to the ground, twisting himself over onto his stomach and pushing himself up. At the same time, the flames surrounding the demon vanished. The Zora charged. Dark Link hacked down the guards in front of him, grabbed Rudo and hauled her back into the water. You know, most light mages go blind in a few years. So by all means, try that again. Now, the demon's grin became truly evil. Come and save her. You have an hour or she dies. I trust that won't be a problem for you, hero of time. Oh, I forgot. You can't read a Hillian clock. That's rather unfortunate given your title. I guess you should say goodbye then. With that, he disappeared into the lake. After him, Grop yelled. Before they could charge, the Morpha attacked, its thick tentacles thrashing against the shore and preventing the majority of the Zora from pursuing Link's shadow. Link raced back up the shore, grabbed his flippers from where he'd left them, and strapped them back on. Link looked towards the Morpha, half in mind to join the fray, but Navi quickly got his attention. The Zora can handle the Morpha, just go after Rudo quickly, she told him. But, realizing he would have to leave Navi behind, Link found himself reluctant to go. What if something happened? He cast his eyes about the bodies scattered along the shore, some still moving as they succumbed to their injuries. He had to stop that creature. The idea that this could have easily been the Kokiri nauseated Link. Whatever abomination it was that Ganondorf had made, he had to stop it, or else the wounded Zora would not be Dark Link's final victims. Link looked back up at Navi, a haunted look in his eyes as he considered leaving her. Go, Navi said when Link hesitated. Just worry about getting Rudo and stopping the curse. 
He did not want to be alone with that demon. Go! Navi yelled, almost sounding angry. Link relented and was halfway into the water before he remembered trying to pursue Dark Link would be hopeless underwater. Navi, where is the mask? Realizing their blunder, Navi found the white mask quickly, flying down to grab it and zooming over to Link and dropping it at his feet. Without waiting or expressing his thanks, Link donned the mask on. At first, nothing happened. Link was hesitant to dive into the water, for he had no idea how the mask worked. Uh, now what? There was no warning. Suddenly, his lungs were burning. He tried to breathe, but to his horror, he could not take in air. The world became blurred as pain stabbed the sides of his neck, spreading until his entire neck was a line of hot pain. He almost panicked, wondering if this was supposed to happen, or if something had gone horribly wrong with the mask. Link, you have gills, he heard Navi yell. Link grasped his neck, the pain fading to a dull throb. He realized as he brushed his neck, there were large slits that felt like the slippery flesh of fish gills. Navi was right. Without further thought, he dove into the water. As the cool water rushed by him, his head stopped spinning. The cool water suddenly a sweet blessing against his skin. It felt natural now, not unfamiliar and dangerous as it had before. Checking to make sure the mask could not come off easily, Link was both relieved and troubled to find it was glued to his face. Giving no further thought to any problem that might cause later, he kicked his feet and dove towards the lake bed. Swimming as fast as he could, he spotted the inky silhouette of the Morpha as it once again retreated. Its dark shape seemed clearer now, and Link saw it change form, morphing back into a jelly-like fluid that quickly disappeared amidst the water. It was gone, no doubt retreating back to the temple to heal itself. You have to find Rudo. Link's apprehension only grew as he descended deeper into the lake. Navi had been his constant companion, and this would be his first time without her. The bottom of the lake soon revealed itself, an underwater desert, a barren wilderness littered with rocks and detritus. It was just as devoid of life as the land that surrounded the lake. Soon, the rocky terrain was sloping upwards. Link hoped this was the middle of the lake, and that he had not accidentally swum away from it. In his frantic attempts to avoid the Morpha and pursue Dark Link, he had not been looking where he was going. For all he knew, he could have been swimming back to the shore. Then, he spotted it. The opening of a cave. Large stones with unfamiliar symbols adorning their surface. This must be their temple. At least, he hoped it was. He swam into the opening, a sense of claustrophobia closing in on him as he did. Deep into the darkness he swam, rocky walls closing in around him, further and further until the light from outside was extinguished. All sense of direction seemed to vanish. Then Link spotted another glowing light, and he made one final push towards it, desperate for light and open space. Somewhere above, a red-eyed demon cloaked in shadow waited.